Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast. We encourage and equip pastors to be busy with the right things. My name is Greg Gibson, and I'm here with my co-host, Trent Stewart, the lead pastor at Foothills Church. And today we are talking about being busy with the right signature responsibilities. All right, Trent, another episode of the Busy Pastor Podcast. Thanks so much for everyone who is tuning in. Uh, Let's get right to the content. As always, why is it important to teach your church to play their position? Well, because God tells us to. (laughs) That's pretty simple. First uh, Corinthians 12 teaches us that we're all gifted in some way. We're all part of the body and uh, we all have something to offer the church in order to build the kingdom of God, make disciples. And so uh, in order to play your position well, you're going to have to know your gifts well and lean into those gifts. It's a lot of what we've been talking about. And I think it's huge that, um, you know, when it comes to sports and when it comes to building a team, you, you want to play your position. In football, you know, the linemen, they got to do the blocking. You know, they gotta, right. they, they, they've got to keep the pressure off the quarterback to, you know, to make the pass or to whatever he's doing there, open up the hole for the running back. And so everybody's got to play their position. When we get out of position, you know, if the linemen start going out for a pass, that's mm-hmm. a penalty. Um, if the you know quarterback starts running, you know if you're Tom Brady, you're going to get leveled, and you're you know you just just not your role. You gotta you gotta play your role in your position. Uh, Brady obviously is great at passing, running yeah. the team, right? Yeah. And so he's got to lean into that. And pastors, we've got to do the same thing with our church. That's right. And I love uh, the metaphor of the body, right? The team, the family where every person is a part, Mm -hmm. every pastor also is a part Mm -hmm. of the family, the body, the team, Um, and playing your position requires knowing your gifts well, knowing your design. And and I would go back and listen to the last few episodes, specifically on um, the the two episodes on what is a pastor's job description, and then last episode on our discussion on the APEST model of leadership, because when you know your gifts and you know your lane, now you can begin to teach your church. Right. So so how do you see pastors fail at this? Yeah. Well, here's an example. So if on the APEST, you're more of a teacher, right? That's what you're gifted at. So that means if you're gifted at it, then sometimes we lean on the talent or skill to teach, which means we don't prepare as much as we should. So we're not spending as much time preparing for the sermon. We're leaning on the gift of teaching and we're filling up our time with maybe shepherding roles. So maybe you're counseling or maybe mm. you're doing a lot of you know coffee meetings or just a lot of one-on-one type meetings putting out problems. And so you're not great at that stuff. You're not great at counseling. You're not great at it. You're not energized by it. Um, you know, you're doing premarital counseling and that kind of stuff, getting ready to marry somebody. And so you don't love it. You're not great at it, but because your gifts are, are, are in the lane of teaching, you can kind of wing it and get by with it. And, um, we do that sometimes because of the pastor guilt. We talked about that in an earlier episode. We feel guilty if we don't marry that couple, if we don't give that couple, you know, the, the counseling, if we don't help that marriage, if we don't, uh, say yes to that meeting, but what we're doing is we're getting lopsided. We're not building the team. We're not, you know, leaning into our gifts. And so that leads to frustration and that leads to overwork and overcrowded and not fulfilling the right job description. 
Yeah, and so when we talk about the right job description for a pastor, um, we want to we wanna really begin to identify what those things are. So, you know, um, pastors listening right now, some of, some, of, some of the pastors listening might be like, well, I can't stop yet doing uh, that premarital counseling session, right. right? So yeah, as you just mentioned a moment ago, it's incredibly important for pastors to uh, understand their design, to know their design, do the, the hard work of learning how God created them. Um, and to use your you know, example um, a minute ago, if you're a pastor uh, who hasn't, or maybe you're in the teaching lane and you haven't equipped someone to do that premarital counseling session, mm-hmm. you got to do it still. Yeah, You still have to do it. Um, but you've got to get busy with equipping the saints for the work of ministry now. So that's it though, right? That's right. the hard work. If you're a teacher, that ministry still has to go on Maybe you hire somebody or you develop a couple in your church right. who is seasoned, who could could lead this couple through premarital counseling. And now, you know, you've passed that on, you've equipped that couple, and now they're doing it. And you've got to do that in every area of church life so right. that you can focus on that. Now, that doesn't mean if I'm a teacher, it doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, doing some of that. Right. Absolutely. It, it doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, meeting one-on-one with some of these folks and, and coaching some and definitely discipling, you know, some folks. Um, but, but it's not the majority of my time. And I've, I've carved out the time that I should be allotting to that. Yeah, absolutely. And we could, we could go down every, uh, each of the five lanes, yeah. apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, and, and, and talk about you know, how that applies Specifics. specifically, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, if you're a primarily shepherd pastor, you probably need a prophetic guy around you, maybe uh, helping you prepare sermons or study or mm-hmm. or do different things, and that applies to every lane. Yeah. And so, what, again, pastors can do a, a hundred different things, Yeah. and they do 100 different things. We want to say, stop doing the things you, you, you know, you shouldn't be doing, uh, equip the saints for the things that they are supposed to be doing. Lead in your lane, in your sweet spot. But we still have what we would call signature responsibilities mm-hmm. of a pastor. Yeah. And so what are those signature responsibilities? And let's talk about that for a minute. So it doesn't matter if you're the lead pastor or you know student pastor, worship pastor. These are going to be the signature responsibilities from a biblical sp- uh, standpoint, which is to preach yep. and to pray and to protect. Right. right. Those are the, the the three large preach, pray, protect on, on whatever level you're preaching. You know, you might be preaching or, or teaching maybe some some smaller classes. You may be preaching and teaching on Sunday morning or you might be preaching to students or, or kids, yes. you know, whatever it is, you know, preaching, praying, protecting and then finally leading. So leading. And so when we are leading as pastors, they're they're kind of broken down in two lanes there, the directional leadership and then the servant leadership. Right. And so, um, you know, how this plays out for guys who are not lead pastors. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about that for a second. So when we're not a lead pastor, this plays out first and foremost by knowing the job description that your pastor gave to you. We talked about this earlier. Lead through your design-based job description. So you get that job description, you discover your design and, and, and your personal mission statement out of that. And then those two things mesh together. You're, you're, you know, you're openly communicating to your lead pastor, here are the things that I'm really good at. Here are the things that I feel like I'm, I'm not so great at. I'm leaning into the good things. I want to build team and volunteers around me in the areas that I'm weak. 
and you're still doing all these mm-hmm. uh, other things, preaching, praying, protecting, yep. leading in your ministry under the vision and direction of that lead pastor. And so your calendar reflects that. Your week to week has to reflect that. You don't just show up and then let the day happen. No, you're, you're calendaring out uh, weeks in advance and blocks of time, time for prayer, time for sermon prep, time for just thinking about direction and future. Yes. And then, you know, your time for discipling somebody, your, your staff time that you're, you're developing other people and, and, and those kinds of things. And so those signature responsibilities, though, uh, don't change. Right. And, and just to recap, so our signature responsibilities as pastors, preach, pray, and protect. And then a fourth one is just lead. Yeah. And I love that. I love that you brought that out, the, the two lanes of pastoral leadership really being directional leadership and servant leadership. And if and and guys are going to be built and designed by God to to run in one of those lanes, like mm-hmm. you said. And but that doesn't mean we're still not servants. It doesn't mean right. we still don't take that counseling session or doesn't mean um, you know, that that we just kind of push that lane completely off to other people mm-hmm. or other people on our team. Um yeah. but but I think I think what we want to do is identify where God's designed us. And I think in the APEST model, apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teachers, uh, you're going to see kind of apostles, prophets, and teachers probably, maybe this isn't truism, you know, or gospel, but probably be more directional. Mm-hmm. Evangelists and shepherds probably be more in the servant leadership lane, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then, and then, if I'm going to lead a team. Um, I'm going to be probably in the directional leadership lane and then building a team around me where that that seesaw, if I could use that example or an yeah. illustration, where it's not just so heavy leaning, yeah. directional, and and, peop- and our church just knows, oh my yeah. gosh, Trent's an apostolic leader, but we don't have anybody caring for people. Yeah, yeah. You know, we don't have anybody shepherding. We don't have anybody, well, yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, that we're, we hope to blow up I, as we absolutely. talk about this, because like... When I'm leaning in towards my my teaching and apostolic gifts, I'm caring for people, but I'm caring for them in the way of how I'm preaching and That's teaching. That's right. You are still shepherding. I'm shepherding. You're still them. being prophetic. You're, yeah. you're you know championing the word of God, defending the word of God. You're still uh, do, doing evangelism. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, I've I've heard you preach hundreds of sermons, and I've heard you give hundreds of of calls to faith. Yeah. You know, it, through your preaching ministry. Yeah. And and I think that's, again, where instead of letting these gift sets divide us and, and lead us to criticism and self-righteousness, that we affirm the gifts in other people, and then we start to blend this into a, a working, healthy team right? Uh, where all of these things get to be flexed, right? All these muscles are flexing and, and working towards the same uh, goal because a shepherd may be criticized because he's not a good teacher, but he is teaching when he's in that one-on-one meeting. Right. Um, the evangelist might be criticized because he's not going deep, right? Or he's not, you know, studying the Bible. But maybe in that evangelistic conversation, he he actually is hitting on the, you know, the the true gospel message. Right. Exactly. Which is, is bringing life into somebody's life, which is pretty deep. Yes. Um, he's actually exercising, you know, what he knows by by sharing it. So. I mean, this is this is about designing a team around you and, and and affirming all of the different gift sets that God's given to us. Here's another reason I think why it's so important to teach your church, you, even your APEST kind of lane, 
is because you mentioned a moment ago is your church is going to know your yeah. strengths and your yeah. weaknesses and they need some legs and they need some terminology and they mm-hmm. need some vocabulary to begin to identify and and celebrate and not critique. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think if it when churches aren't, you know, um, when they don't know or when church members don't know kind of this conversation and they can't really pinpoint, uh, you know, the leadership strengths and the leadership weaknesses of their lead pastor, or maybe it's a supporting pastor role, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it time and time again where... They're critiquing and not yeah. necessarily celebrating. Exactly. Oh man, uh, this lead pastor is great in starting new initiatives. He mm-hmm. is an incredible teacher, but we need mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. We need that. And then sometimes it's he needs to, yes. or he needs that. Exactly. And, and I think and that that's <laughs> yeah. so important to to begin to disciple. Yeah, and equip the saints again, Ephesians four. And when that happens, right again, we come back to the pastor guilt. Come back to the pastor guilt because somebody says that, and you're like, "Dang it, I know, I, I need know. to be I... more, you know, relational." Mm-hmm. And and so, so then we start doing it, uh, and it's a, it's a cycle. And then you're frustrated again, <laughs> and, and you're then you're drained. Out, and your wife hates the church. <laughs> yes, your kids hate the church. That's right. Ah, oh, man, it's such a vicious cycle. And so we've got to constantly fight this temptation and understand what God is actually teaching us here to lean into it and not run away from it. Yeah, and so we have these signature responsibilities of all pastors. Mm -hmm. Preach, pray, protect the church, and lead. Mm -hmm. And those two two pastoral leadership lanes of directional leadership, servant leadership, coming together for kingdom impact, to make disciples, um, you know, in your church, in your community, around the world. And now let's, let's... Let's talk about supporting responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to all the things that pastors are probably already doing. Yeah, all the hospital visits, all the phone <clears throat> calls, all the the you know the the care and counseling sessions, all the sermons, yeah, all the classes in the building meeting, <laughs> in the finance meeting. But yeah. let's talk about the the supporting responsibilities for yeah. just a moment. Well, that's we we've got to go back to the future episodes where we talk about the design, where we talk about getting to the point of your personal mission statement, because you want to filter all these supporting responsibilities through that. Because once I let let that filter through, now I can know if if this is something that I should be giving my time to, or if I should be hiring, or if I should be equipping a volunteer right. to actually lead. So should I actually? you know, be in that building and grounds meeting? Should I be in that renovation meeting? Do I have to be there? Um, and so that that's a question you filter through. Now for me, um, I, that's kind of some of my gift sets. So I exactly. do go to that. Right. Uh, whereas other people would hate that. Um, so the answer is like, no, you don't have to be there. But, but because you're particularly gifted there, yeah. everybody wants you there. Yeah. Yeah. And so so that need to be there. That's yeah. why the signature responsibility of every pastor is the same, but all of these supporting roles, it's going to be different for everybody. And that's that's where it's freeing. Oh, because yes. you get to yeah. do what you enjoy as you lead, pray, protect, uh right in that you're you're, you're shepherding mm-hmm. in that protection. And so so that's where we we really can begin to find joy because we're we're doing these things that we're gifted in and when we're not gifted in them, we're letting other people lead. And That's we're right. saying, hey, you're, you're the man on this. You lead it, 
you know, come back, show me what you're going to do. I'll review it. I'll, you know, let me, let me give my thumbs up on it, but you lead it, you do it. I trust you make the decisions. And then as a team, you're, you're, cause you're better at it than I am and that's okay. And so at the end of the day, we'll, we'll have that meeting and recap everything and move forward. But we can't be the answer for everything. And uh, we can't feel like we're the only person that can lead all of these meetings. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to hate it. You're going to be in the three-year rotation cycle. You don't want that. <laughs> yes. um, and so, for instance, you might need some, some volunteers to do the marriage counseling in your church. You know, if you spent six weeks training some couples in your church to be, you know, uh, mentors, um, slash, you know, disciple makers mm -hmm. in, in, in specifically in the area of marriage, boom, you train them. And now from here on out, they're doing all those calls. And this goes back to the stop doing list. We talked stop about doing list. Yeah. A, couple, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Right. These, these, these are the supporting responsibilities mm -hmm. that you need to, you don't want to stop yeah. doing the signature responsibilities, right? But the supporting responsibilities. Yeah. If it's not your gift set, yeah. Let's let's begin to put a plan in place for stop doing. What what else are we, are you seeing in this this lane? Yeah, so let's flip it. What if that is your gift? You love the marriage counseling and you love that. Well, man, lean into that, right? And then the other areas you're you're covering. And so, right. It it might be like planning the worship uh, services, right? You may not be good at that. You may not know how to make good transitions from this song to that song to mm. this talk to this sermon and then ending the sermon with this kind of whatever. You, that might not be about you. So let the best guy on the staff run that, mm -hmm. build it out. Mm -hmm. If you, as the lead guy, you can step in, hey, man, I don't think this fits or what if we did this? And, you know, you, you're, you're always kind of, as the lead guy, you're going to massage that, but you don't have to be the guy that's coming up with it and writing it. I would say in most cases that that's not going to be, you know, his gift set. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so really you look at everything that you're doing. When right. we talked about it uh, in a previous episode on all the things that you're doing during the week, those are all the things that are, you know, those um, supporting responsibilities, determining what all those things are that are taking up your time. And then through my mission statement, mm -hmm. through my design, I'm saying, you know what? I shouldn't be doing that. So let me just hand this off to Greg. Let me just hand this off to so-and-so. Let me build a team of people to do this. Right. And now I'm able to walk into the things that I'm doing. But as you mentioned, it's important that we're t telling our people this as well. Um, and, and it's important that we're explaining this because, you know, this, this is going to just come from an average church member. They're not going to understand this. And so the, the criticism is going to come our way. Right. That, oh, he doesn't do this. He only does that. And my old pastor used to do this and he was great. And we had a relate, you know, we did all. And, and that's where the comparison comes in and the temp, you know, temptation to feel guilty again and all that stuff. Yeah. And you mentioned a moment ago, the personal mission statement in your design. And that's the design based job description yeah. that we've talked about and filtering these supporting responsibilities through these lens. And so, so a lot of this conversation has been so far around knowing yourself, mm -hmm. knowing your strengths, building a team around your weaknesses or being a part of a team, you know, mm -hmm. within your strengths. Sure. Um, and then helping your staff, right, know yeah. this and then kind of teaching your church a little bit more about uh, the, the terminology, the, 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 the vocabulary so that mm -hmm. they can begin to uh, understand, you know, this conversation and be a part of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, but let's take it a little bit further. So let's talk about a process for how you 
help your people figure this out. <laughs> Half the guys listening, when you said the word process, they tune you out because <laughs> they're not gifted in that realm, right? And so mm. hang tight with us. Mm. But you need a way, you need a system, you need steps that are going to help your people figure this out. The a most process. A process. <laughs> yes. The most life-giving thing that you could ever help somebody do is discover their purpose. Mm. Um, that's why we started with you discovering your purpose first. If you don't know yours, then you don't know how to help somebody else do it. That's right. So you got to do that hard work and then develop that process to help other people determine it. And so, you know, we, we have something at FC that we call the journey process and it, it walks people through this and, you know, they, it helps them identify this design and helps them to develop this mission statement. And this is what I think every church needs because once I know what that is, now I know where I can serve best, mm -hmm. where God is going to use me best and how I can spend my time. And so, you know, your church members need to be busy with the right things. Right. And so all of this is, yeah, to help us, but it's ultimately to help God's church so that we can make disciples. Yeah, it's so much more than just showing up on Sundays and preaching. It's so much more than just teaching a Sunday school class or getting people into small groups and then checking those boxes. There has to be a discipleship strategy. There has to be some type yeah. of process mm -hmm. where not only you're having a just a, a an aha, revelatory, crystal clear aha, you know, moment of this is my design. Um, but then you're teaching your, your staff or your volunteers, but yeah. now you are moving your church in the right direction. And it goes back to the model that Jesus gave to us. He's in relationship with 12 guys. That's right. So it's not just an educational-based process where you, hey, just learn one, two, and three, and boom, you're done, and walk out, and everybody's happy. No, it has to be very relational. Yes. It has to be in the confines of, okay, yeah, we're learning, but then we're also unpacking this, and we're talking through this, and there's surveys, and there's, you know, Enneagrams, and, and that kind of stuff that That's right. is involved in that process to help people discover who they are. But they're with a coach, mentor that's helping them walk through that as well. And so um, it's, it's a beautiful thing when people actually begin to learn that. Yeah, and, and, and what's even more beautiful about it is that when they do it, as you mentioned a moment ago, people go from criticizing or sitting on the sidelines or sitting on the bench to getting in the game. Yeah. And you get to see your people experience the some of the most joy they will ever have yeah. because they now know how God's designed them. They have confidence in their design and they are now a part mm -hmm. of the mission of making disciples. Yeah, and that's exactly if you're a follower of Jesus, that's exactly where your heart is. You want to be involved in something bigger than yourself. You want to be involved in the kingdom of God. How can I make a difference? And you're going to have a lot of people in your church that get pumped up and excited about this, and they're going to jump in, and you're going to see God, you know, do some great things. And that doesn't mean that all, you know, your church is going to double in size. But it means that you're going to experience joy in the work, and it means that you're going to be fulfilling your purpose. So, you know, I think as a result, you most likely will see some growth in your church, but uh, that can't be the motivator. The motivator has to be equip the saints, equip the saints, make disciples. And when we're doing that well, we're going to see some healthy growth around us. 
Thank you for listening to the Busy Pastor Podcast. As we close today's episode, we want to invite you to do a few things. First of all, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Busy Pastor. Secondly, if you like today's episode, subscribe to the Busy Pastor and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by the teenager's mom who is upset at your student pastor and they don't even go to your church. Doesn't even go here. She's upset with me. We don't even know Go here. If you'd like to actually sponsor the Busy Pastor, email us at info at busypastor.org. We'll see you next week. Until then, let's be busy with the right things. Thank you.